If you are looking to continue developing your coaching skills or have a new coach that you'd like to train or onboard, check out our upcoming activity coaching clinics. We are hosting both our basics and advanced clinics every Monday for our basics clinic and Tuesday for our advanced clinic from 1.30 to 3 Central Standard Time. It runs October 2nd through November 6th, and you can learn more and register at heatherpriceconsulting.com. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Activity Coaching Conversations with Heather and Sabina, where we discuss coaching strategies for the overachievers, the slow starters, and everyone in between. We're going to share everything we know about instilling early success habits, the science behind activity, and how to build a values-based, FR-centered coaching philosophy. Activity Coaching Conversations is all about balancing accountability with the art and science of coaching. Hello, welcome listeners. As always, Sabina and I want to start by thanking you for joining us. And we'd also like to encourage you to like and share with others if you love what you are hearing. Over the next couple episodes, we will be highlighting various selection and development tools that are used across the NM system and discussing how to utilize those uh, as coaching tools. Today's content is going to highlight, drumroll, the Harrison, which is a commonly used selection tool by Northwestern Mutual Offices. Your office may very well be using it already. If not, we're going to share um, some reasons why you may want to be using it as we get started. Hence, joining our conversation today are two experts in the Harrison profile. We have Philip Chrisman and Lynn Casaletto. Welcome to both of you. Hello. Hello. Thanks for having us. Yes, absolutely. So fun to see both of you. Um, obviously, our paths have crossed. Um, Sabina and I, our, our paths have crossed with you over the years, um, but it's been far too long. So we're just excited to have you on and um, hear what you all have to share today. Let's do some quick intros before we dive in. Um, Philip, we'll start with you. Uh, Philip Chrisman is the founder of Avant Performance, an executive coaching and management consulting practice, uh, which he's been at for 24 years. He's an independent distributor distributor and managing partner with Harrison Assessments International. His clients include CEOs, presidents, owners, and executive teams across multiple industries that do include Northwestern Mutual. Phillips' deliverables include one-on-one coaching, team coaching and development, helping companies with selection uh, using the Harrison assessment in high-volume hiring situations. He also conducts candidate evaluations for many C-level or similar roles. And this is typically done by combining the assessment, interpretation, and experience with thousands of hires, as well as his previous career as a retained search headhunter. Additionally, Philip has extensive experience and success in performance coaching to help underperforming individuals make a successful turnaround. The fundamental purpose and goal of his work is to help all people, leaders in particular, to gain deeper self-awareness and thus more capacity for success because the most self-aware leaders are the most effective leaders. He has enjoyed and appreciates his 23-year relationship with Northwestern Mutual Offices. And Lynn Casaletto is the founder of Core Growth Consulting Corporation, established in 2005. Core Growth provides executive coaching and counsel for business partnerships, teams, and individuals in the financial education, solar, and real estate industries. Their expertise is in team integration and building emotional intelligence in the workplace. 
Lynn is a certified Harrison assessment consultant and a Martha Beck coach. Prior to Core Growth, she spent five years in New York City as a recruiter with Northwestern Mutual, which is where I got to know her. Uh, And she grew up on the East Coast, but now lives in Orange County, California with her husband, Craig, and their two sons, Reed and Ty. Welcome to both of you again. Thank you for having me and Lynn. We're excited. Absolutely. All right. Well, let's dive in. Um, as I shared, the Harrison is obviously a tool that is widely used across the Northwestern Mutual System, but there probably are some offices that aren't using it. So let's start with a quick overview. Um, Philip, if you want to share with us, what is the Harrison and what is it not? Sure. I think starting with what it's not is probably a great way to do it because it distinguishes the Harrison from thousands of many other psychometric tools in the market most of which, probably around 98%, are personality-based tests. So they're designed to uh, determine your personality type or style. And usually the model is either a four-type or a five-type style. And so you have to fit into one of those styles. And the whole context of those assessments are to determine your personality type and then try to extrapolate from that your likelihood to succeed in a particular job or position. And I think, you know, there's kind of two main problems with that. Um, Number one, personality types are real. It's a real thing for sure, but it's a very broad thing to measure. And every, every person does have a dominant type, but you will also exhibit dimensions of all other types and how much, you know, it's really fuzzy and hard to, say, with a really simple you know, personality test, how that's going to translate to performance. Second of all, personality is only one component of understanding job fit. There's a lot more to it. So the Harrison is what we call a suitability assessment. We measure mer- many personality factors, but not personality type, along with task preferences, work preferences, interest, and several other things. It's actually five different tests integrated into one 20-minute questionnaire. So the point being, we are designed, or Dr. Harrison designed the Harrison from the ground up to be a job fit assessment rather than a personality assessment that then was later tried to essentially be converted over to a job fit tool. Personality tests, the science behind it is you know, solid, but it's also very simple, very easy to produce. The Harrison is very complicated, very sophisticated, I should say is a better word, and it takes a computer to score. So you couldn't have done this uh, 50 years ago. So it's both a selection and a development tool and is used equally. And I like to say that because the criteria that we use to select someone for a position If it's accurate, then it's also equally valid for the coaching and development side once we bring that person on board. And uh, so it's very important for those two to work together. That makes sense. We're excited to talk about the coaching side of it and how to utilize that as a tool, which we'll get to in just a couple minutes. Lynn, let's transfer over to you. I have a question. We talked about, um, or Philip mentioned how it's about job fit and suitability. What does an ideal FR profile look like or what traits do you see in the most successful FRs? Yeah, and I think Philip and I can both contribute to this because Philip was really part of the, the research specifically for Northwestern and creating that template. Some of the front runners that I see when I think of really successful and fulfilled advisors in the career wants challenge. 
I mean, these are the people who are comfortable being uncomfortable, like their willingness to attempt a difficult task or goal. I mean, that just lights them up. So they get really hungry to do difficult things. And, and it just brings this joy of I'm growing, I'm getting better. So wants challenge. I also believe that self-improvement, I would say, especially in the Northwestern culture, they, they just need to have this growth mindset of I want to improve, I want to get better. I also think, and Philip, I'm curious um, your take on helpful, but right, it's almost like I think of helpful and cause motivation in the same spirit of I am in this career because I really do want to make an impact. There can be so many careers that provide the independence and income potential, but at the heart of what advisors are doing, it's truly bettering the lives and generations of their clients. Well, what would you add to that? Well, I totally agree with that, Lynn. And um, they do want to help. And um, what I think is very interesting is that in the Harrison, we look at this uh, two traits that are combined to give us this idea of wanting to better oneself and help other people at the same time. And those two traits are measured by, uh, are called cause-motivated and wants high pay. And so we're looking at the relationship between wanting to do well by helping others, right? And um, because a person can do both, right? They can want to make a difference and also be paid for it. And in fact, when we combine those two traits together, it forms a trait called ambitious benevolence. And it's looking at the relationship between this desire to, to be paid well as also to make a difference while you're doing that work, have a sense of purpose associated with it. And in our research that we conducted, a, a true scientific study with a large sample group, ambitious benevolence was one of the essential traits. So high performers scored high on that trait whereas low performers tended not to score high on that trait. And it really makes sense. It's 100% commission, but also work that's got a deep sense of purpose associated with it. Secondly, um, first trait that came out in the research as most important, but they're very close, was doesn't need structure. And doesn't need structure is our measure of the idea how much the person is willing and probably able to self-manage, to be able to direct themselves throughout the day, week, month, without constant, you know, hand-holding, instructions, etc. And I like to joke a lot, but I get a lot of laughs from it. You know, when someone, um, as an example for doesn't need structure, especially a new advisor, when they you know, have a cancellation at two o'clock in the day, do they, do they go home and start playing Xbox or come back <laughs> to the office and make dials, right? Xbox may be dating me, but, uh, but you, get, you get the point. And I've also, over the years, since we did this research in 2011, I've asked countless offices and groups of people uh, in Northwestern Mutual, well, how often on average, what percentage of time would you say a brand new advisor is still on their is on their own, even though they've got you know activity coaching and uh, you know one on ones with their manager, etc. And the average answer is ninety percent. So they may even be in the office at their desk, but they're still really on their own, aren't they? So 
the ability of that person to manage their day, organize it, do the next best and highest value activity is really what we're looking for to help someone succeed. As somebody who coaches new reps quite a bit, um, the majority of my day, I would say, I mean, I, I see that in the reps that are most successful. It's so obvious. The wants challenge, um, the self-improvement, the doesn't need structure, that just totally makes sense. That is no surprise to me and, and just obviously it's something you want to be testing for um, in the selection process. Yes. Many people use the Harrison as a selection tool, which is great. That's what we want them to do. But it always doesn't get pulled through selection into the development process. I feel like sometimes it drops off and they're not completely taking advantage of utilizing it um, as a coaching tool. Um, Lynn, let's start with you. What is your advice for making sure that happens? Yes. Quickly, we realized we were underutilizing it to a great degree <laughs> when we were just using it in uh, recruiting. And first, I think it starts with um, yourself, like getting comfortable with your own profile and really using it for self-discovery, self-awareness. When you feel really strong in your role or when you're feeling really, I don't know, doubtful or insecure, you're having one of those tough days, pulling out your paradox graph can be incredibly um, grounding emotionally to see where you're showing up. One of the things that I love about the Harrison is it really shows you um, your your behavior under stress. We call it the flip factor. A lot of times I'll say it's kind of like when you get emotionally hijacked. So I think first and foremost, having a personal intimate relationship with your own Harrison then like evokes this curiosity of the people around you, the people that are on your team, the people that you're coaching. Um, even your coaches, you know, how are they wired and how can I best communicate with them? So it's such like a, a reciprocal, who am I, how do I interact with people? And then how are the most important people around me wired? A couple of just examples for people, you know, who may be actively using the Harrison or considering using it. I think it starts with even right after the selection process in onboarding, having a meeting with your activity coach, going over um, your top five traits. What are your behaviors under stress? What should we anticipate and look out for? Even with your mentor, you know, bring, have, asking your mentor to bring their Harrison just for that relationship building and really getting to know each other on a deeper level than, yeah, maybe just some surface conversations in the beginning. You can really get to know how someone's wired. I think Board of Reviews is another um, really great place. I think offices who are really championing the Harrison, they use it in Board of Reviews. Even with someone, maybe it's on the leadership team in a non-traditional or traditional leadership role, they might be at this crossroads of their career of where am I going? What's next? And the Harrison has this incredible career function built into it. And oftentimes we would just run a career options report so that you don't necessarily get caught up in the titles, but more so what is the role description and how could I do more of that? How could I create a role that doesn't even exist right now in the organization? Lynn, I have to tell you, after we had our brief um, introductory slash prep call about a month ago, I loved your idea about the the debrief meeting. And so a leadership team that I work with, we decided, and actually right after we're done recording this podcast, I'm going to hop on that call, but we are doing our first candidate debrief uh, meeting, and we are bringing the recruiters together, anybody that's been involved in onboarding, anybody that's invo involved in training, and then, of course, activity coach and mentors, we're bringing them all 
all together. And the plan is to do that after every training class, to go over profile tools, to discuss themes that came out of selection, onboarding, and training, and just talk about the way we can best support and coach each individual FR coming out of training. And utilizing those selection tools is a big part of it. So I'm excited to see how it goes. I think it's going to be impactful. So thank you for that suggestion. <laughs> Philip, um, what about you? Any other ideas that you have in terms of you know, helping really execute on utilizing the tool in development, not just selection. Sure. I just want to acknowledge Lynn for mentioning self-awareness because, you know, I put that in my bio as well. I think that's how, that's why she and I connected so long ago and became friends. And she ultimately decided to become independent distributor of the Harrison herself because she saw the power of helping people understand themselves. And that is what we really need to do in coaching, isn't it? The more we help people understand themselves, how they're wired, and what they can change. You know, personality tests, often they tell you, well, a tiger can't change its stripes. But Lynn and I both know people can and do change. When we help them understand the underlying attitude slash belief system slash programming, whatever you want to use, that is driving the, in particular, counterproductive behavior, then we can help people reframe that. And the Harrison, particularly through the paradox graphs, when there's an imbalance and a paradox, we use that very effectively to help people understand the unconscious automatic behavior that's in place because of that. And when someone changes that, they're a different person in lots of ways. It's, it's truly amazing. And the joy that comes from that is helping someone in that, I can't tell you, how incredible that is. But I want to also reiterate what she said, the top five traits, we call it the life themes, always coming back to that as a level set with someone. Look, here's what you said out of 175 traits. Here's what you said are the top five things that are most important to you. Are you fulfilling these things right now in this career? If you're not, let's figure out why. Do you, do you understand what this career really does and can provide? That's often a very kind of a disconnect, and that helps us get to the why. We talk about it all the time, right? The why for an advisor. Why are you in this career? Well, here's what's most important to you in a career, and in some ways, even to life, these top five traits, and it can be six, seven, eight, by the way. But let's really connect those, let's connect those needs, those must-haves that you have to what this career can provide. That's number one. Number two. On a more practical, structural level, from an organization point of view, I think that leaders have to be champions. That's all there is to it. I mean, I've been doing this for a long time in companies and, and Northwestern Mutual. When you have a managing partner, a managing director, even a recruiter like Lynn, who champions the tool and inspires people with it and continues to use it, then we see change happen. And, you know, the speed of business is crazy. It's difficult. People are looking for a silver bullet. It doesn't exist because every single human being is unique and you need an assessment that helps you understand the uniqueness of each person so that you can quickly have a conversation with them that is really speaking their language and showing them that you understand them, that you care about them, and you want to help them achieve their goals. And that's how we can use the top five traits in particular 
to get into rapport with a person almost immediately around what's most important to them. I'm so that makes sense. <laughs> it does make yeah, sense. Me too. <laughs> Sign me up. I mean, it just sounds so powerful. I mean, it, it truly is. I loved what you said about the power of helping people understand themselves. That's what it's all about. It is. That was that was very powerful. That really um, hit me right here. So, um, the the using the life themes as a tool, the top five traits, all really really good stuff. One thing, um, just going back to the the question about making sure that people are pulling it through selection into development. I remember us talking about the importance of even just having a champion or an owner of utilizing the Harrison in development, right? Like if somebody owns it and it's part of their job responsibility, it's more likely to get executed upon, more likely to follow through. Um, so I, I lo loved that idea as well. Uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about some of the benefits of using the Harrison tool in coaching, but Philip, I think you just did a lot of that, which was excellent. I mean, you, you like I said, you sold me on it. Um, Lynn, anything that you would add in terms of how you use Harrison as a coaching resource or what the benefits are of using it in coaching? I just, I love when Philip said, you know, there's no silver bullet. <laughs> And so often we just want something like, just give me the answer. Just tell me what I, I need to do. And again, more, more so the, the approach or the spirit of using the Harrison. I think if you can view it as a roadmap, like a personal roadmap, even just a compass on how to navigate where the person's, call it their limiting beliefs might lie. Mm. Um, as an example, I think of one of the paradoxes is the equity mindset. It's the old power paradox. And most often, if, if you score lower on one of the traits, which um, many people do at the start of the career, it's this assertive behavior, which is our tendency to put forth personal wants and needs. That, that might indicate that you have this belief that if I do put forth my personal wants and needs, I might be seen as selfish or I, I might make it be all about me or I might come off as like too pushy and not others focused, which the balancing trait is helpful. And so there's this once you get comfortable and curious about, OK, well, help me understand what, you know, you're not valuing this behavior as much as you are helpful. So what are you making it mean? You know, just to me, it gives the coach or the person that's taking the person through their Harrison this really beautiful platform to be interested, like not having to be interest, interesting, mm -hmm. you know, they don't have to say, okay, well, let me tell you about you. We, we get the Harrison and we can just be so inquisitive and, and so curious about this person and help them get to their own answers. I think that's one of the reasons where it, it kind of takes the pressure off of the coach. If, if you just look at the information and be curious and ask questions, most often you know, we all have our own answers inside of us. It's just surrounding ourselves with people who help us get to that clarity. Yeah. And, and I think making time to have conversations like that, it's not a quick fix. Yeah. I think that's what resonated with the silver bullet. So it's like, okay, care enough to ask enough to understand enough and really help this person feel seen, understood and heard so they can fight through whatever battle they might be fighting on the inside. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. One of the things that we like to do on this podcast is give people an example of how to use what we're talking about and how to actually put it into the real world uh, life application. So next we are going to do our Say, say That, that again. Again, again, again. And I know I'm kind of putting you on the spot here, but would love for one of you to, and Sabine, I'm going to put you on the spot. Do you mind being the FR for our, our little Say That Again? 
I do not. Okay, excellent. That, that so works for me. Philip or Lynn, um, let's imagine that Sabina is one of your FRs. You're in an activity coaching meeting. Let's say Sabina hasn't been maybe keeping up with her commitment. She hasn't been following through on, should we say prospecting? That seems to be a pretty common one. Um, maybe not hitting her yeah, prospecting, prospecting goals. Is a good one. <laughs> yeah. Um, how would you maybe demonstrate how you might incorporate the tool and what it's telling you about her into your coaching? I think you should do it, Lynn. I think uh, <laughs> either either pick, I'll suggest maybe use wants challenge, a low wants challenge or a low influencing as, a, as an example. So we're going to pick one trait to have a conversation about and uh, how someone's mindset may be um, affecting them, why, why they score low on the trait. Someone scores low on a trait for a reason. They have an idea about it that's a negative idea. And then it causes them to avoid doing that. I think I think you should do it, Lynn. Okay. So, Philip, what about? All right, Lynn, I'll, let's do I'll it. Take, okay, um, Philip, how about you take influencing? I'll take once challenge. Let's just see where that goes. If if we can. Okay. I don't know. I, I'm I'm game. Let's just try. Right. Okay, Sabina. Let's just do it. So, so yeah. Okay. So tell me about prospecting right now. Like, just when you when you're really honest with yourself. What's your belief? Tell me some of the thoughts that are coming up for you around prospecting. Um, well, let's see. People just seem uncomfortable giving referrals. And and I can totally relate to that because I, I understand why they would be because they don't want people to get mad at them. They, they, they want everything to be kind of smooth. And, you know, a lot of times I just don't ask because we've had a really great meeting and I don't want to upset uh, the apple cart, so to speak. So I just, you know, I just figure I'll get to them next time after they've gotten to know me a little better. So one thing that I get curious about when I was looking at your Harrison before our coaching meeting, and I'm wondering if this might be contributing once challenge, you're scoring um, a little bit lower on this trait. So it's your willingness to attempt difficult tasks or goals. Not that you can't, it's just like right now it's this, maybe there's a, a resistance. And when you said earlier that, mm -hmm. you know, I, I don't want to upset them. They, they might feel a little bit uncomfortable if I ask them for referrals. What's really difficult for you when you think of leaning into a tough conversation or getting the affirmative or, or asking for introductions? What's really difficult about that for you? Hmm, that's a great question. I think it's just that I feel like if I upset them or they get angry or something that that's going to ruin the rest of the relationship. Like I'm not going to be able to get back to them and even have a chance to ask them to, to take any kind of action on their plan uh, because they're going to be upset that I'm like trying to get them to do something they don't want to do. Yeah, I can understand that, right? Just that thought alone makes me feel like my heart starts to beat faster. Um, right. <laughs> Sabina, do you remember in training when we have been taught, you know, and it, this was really embedded in us that the sale is made in the fact finder. Do you remember hearing that? Yes. Yep. All oh. the time. I still okay. Yes. And you know, the, the process that you provide people when you give them the gift of time and you ask them questions and you help them determine what they feel confident in around their, what maybe they have or haven't done with planning or where they might feel insecure mm -hmm. at the end of that meeting. Mm -hmm. um, are you, are you noticing, are you asking the question, you know, what value did you get from our time together today? Uh, I don't ask it exactly like that. I usually just ask them if they found value and they almost always say yes. Awesome. What would, and again, I think sometimes like 
coaching, right? Life is all about progress. What would a follow-up question, Mm -hmm. right? If most of the time they're saying yes, what would a next question be that might get you the courage to then ask for an introduction to somebody that they care about? What's a follow-up question that you could ask? I asked them if they got value. I guess, do you know anybody else who would find the same value in this process? Is that what possibly? I think it's a beautiful question. Yeah. Do you know any, anybody else? Even the way you said it was so sincere on a scale of like zero to 10, 10 being so scary, so difficult, so challenging. How, how do you gauge um, what that might feel like to ask that next question? I probably give it a seven still, but a, but a seven is you know less so that I would have said a ten before. Um, so I, I, I'm down to a seven. When you look at your calendar today, okay, who are two mm-hmm. people you could ask? Which ones will you ask today? Mm, well, let's see. I have Heather. I have Heather at one thirty, and I have Philip at four. So I could probably ask both of them um, and just see see where it goes. Cool. All right. Okay. So, like so we'll stop there. Yeah. Hi. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Lynn, nice job. Just I love the introductory, right? It's such a great in into the real issue, which is courage and not really being, you know, being uncomfortable mm-hmm. asking and not wanting challenge. Uh, I right. think it takes the onus off you as the coach, too, to have to say, I think this is your issue. It goes back to that self-awareness piece. You're able to point to the tool and say, I'm seeing this behavior in you. And actually, <laughs> that's what the tool is saying about you. So we know, right, that we can identify the behaviors that it says that, you know, um, that, that are in the tool. We're seeing that in you right now. And it just opens up a totally different discussion, I think. Think, um, and yeah. just a deeper can, discussion. Can I chime in for a second? Of course. And it's yeah. yeah. Lynn did a great job, uh, you know, with a fake coachee <laughs> and no relationship built up or anything. And she didn't have time to go a little bit deeper, which I'm sure she would. Right. The trait wants challenge. So we're measuring on a two to 10 score. And the lower the score, the more it means you don't want to do whatever the definition of a trait is and wants challenges, enjoyment of taking on difficult tasks and goals. And the scores, the lower someone scores on that, the more it means they don't want to do things they already know they can do, that they don't already know they can do, right? So the lower someone scores, the more they avoid doing things that they're not confident, mm-hmm. already confident that they can do it. Mm-hmm. And that's the underlying belief system that with a longer conversation, Lynn would be digging into with that person and finding out, well, why? You know, why do you think, why are you avoiding, why are you afraid? What's the fear of doing things you don't already know you can do? She really kind of covered that because because in that example, the advisor realized, oh, wait a minute, I've already learned this, number one, in training, and number two, they're already telling me that they're, I'm providing value. So it makes the leap. But I just wanted to add that getting to that attitude belief system underneath is the core, which is why core growth is the name of her coaching business, because she does get to it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, thank you for letting us put you on the spot. So if listeners are interested in getting more information about either using the Harrison in general or bettering their use of it as a coaching tool, what can they do? Who should they reach out to? Well, either one of us, I think, is fine. Um, I tend to be, you know, Northwestern Mutual technically is my my client. You know, I I started the the relationship in 1998 with Bill Goodwin in Atlanta, very (laughs) famous managing partner. And um, um, so, you know, just 
just like Northwestern Mutual, we kind of protect clients. So from a from a bringing it on internally and becoming a user client of the Harrison assessment, that would be through me. But if you know, if you reach out to Lynn for coaching and then later want to do it, she can connect us. Um, either both of us are doing coaching and consulting with teams, leaders, etc. So you know, whoever is a better fit for you. Excellent. Do you each want to share your emails or the best way for them to get a hold of you or uh, websites, et cetera? Yeah. Lynn, you go first. Yeah. Um, really simple. Lynn, L-Y-N-N at coregrowthconsulting.com or just go to coregrowthconsulting.com. And to add to Philip, I, you know, if you're curious, if your office isn't using the Harrison and you just want to take the assessment and have an experience, you know, that could be a great starting point and then share it with um, your mentor, your leader, maybe even ask them to take it. Like there's, there's different ways that you can kind of dip your toe and just um, generate interest. Good point, Lynn. In fact, I'll, I, um, I, I'll offer some comp profiles for, for any office. So no charge to you. And, um, you know, I'll debrief, debrief them often with, with the whole team as well, if you'd like. Anyway, my email is philip 2 ls P-H-I-L-L-I-P at avantperformance.com. That's A-V-A-U-N-T performance.com. Excellent. Thank you both so much for taking Thank time. Thank you. Yes. So awesome to see you and to hear from you. you. Yeah. Love you that you were able to share your expertise. Um, I hope people take advantage of of the offer to learn more and we wish you the best. And uh, thank you to our listeners for tuning in. We'll talk to you next time. Thank you. Thank you all. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining us today for Activity Coaching Conversations with Heather and Sabina. If you found value in this conversation, please like, share, and leave a review in your favorite podcast app. And to learn more about our activity coaching clinics and how to hone your skills, visit heatherpriceconsulting.com. Link is in the show notes. Thanks again for listening. Keep learning and growing.